Hey friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine welcoming you in and letting you know it's time for brunch. Where here at brunch, there's always open table, a hot cup of coffee, and endless running fun to keep you moving and grooving. Whether you're listening to us running right along, maybe driving to work, or even if you're having a rough day, don't worry, we're gonna put a smile on your face because today, we are talking about the dog days of summer. We're gonna talk about dogs, running with dogs, and why on earth is it dog days of summer? Which we did have to Google, so I didn't pull another buttering my biscuit type of day. But Christine, have you always called it the dog days of summer? Or is that something that just randomly, randomly appeared? I, first of all, Florence and Machine's Dog Days is like one of my all time favorite oh, songs. That's so, and it's like my favorite running song. So, yes, I think for me, it does kind of just have that connotation of summer, getting through it, finding the joy whenever it's super, super hard to do so. But let's get right to it. So, friends are moving and grooving, and we're kind of geeks. I mean, I think people know, well, do you, do you consider yourself a geek? Oh, I'm a major. I'm a geek. I'm a nerd. Whatever you want to call me. I I think I really do love useless facts because yeah. it's I don't need to know why it's called Dog Days of Summer. I don't need to know the seven dwarves, but it's really great to like pull out as a party trick and is more socially acceptable than knowing how to open a beer on a door jam. So it works. So the curious thing though is how many of these do you retain? Because I can't say that I retain all of this, unfortunately, but I think, um, do you feel like you 30%? Okay. That's a pretty good percentage. I would say I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you some gold stars for that. I didn't do well in math. So, I mean, that could be an <laughs> off percentage, but that I don't remember. So maybe that answers our question itself. Well, while we, before we get officially started in explaining what the dog days of summer is, we let's make sure that folks do remember that they check their newsletter and that they're playing along and sharing what type of dog breed they actually are or they most align with. So we included that quiz inside and we're hoping, we're still hoping that we live down the, um, gosh, which what was that quiz from many moons ago that everybody ended up getting the exact same result? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was when the princess won. What princess are you? Everybody yeah. got, um, oh, what's the one for Andalasia? They just did a remake of it. Oh, now I can't. Giselle, Giselle from Andalasia. Oh, Again, that's right. See? That's Random right. fact, I should not remember. But I can also <laughs> remember past clients, like what they did for work. And I haven't talked to them or seen them in 15 years that I remember. So again, it's all priorities. Well, I mean, if we associate all of these things with maybe snacks, kind of like you do with the dog, like when you're working on training them, maybe we'd be better at having a higher percentage of remembering all. But friends, we're going to roll through here and let you know a little bit more about like the origins of Dog Days of Summer, because you probably are going to want to celebrate. Today is officially, as this podcast is released, the last day of Dog Days of Summer. I don't know if that's true for us here in Florida, the Southeast, but okay, we're going to go ahead and go with what they told us online, the Dog Days of Summer from July. July 3rd to August 11th each year. They're usually the hottest. I mean, I think really 100% would agree and most unbearable days of the season. Um, hearing the dog days of summer is an expression that originated from the stars and the sky. The phrase is a reference to Sirius, the dog star. During the dog days period, the sun occupies the same region of the sky as Sirius, the brightest star visible from any part of Earth. Is so, that like friends, Sirius from Harry Potter? Is that where Sirius got his name? 
You don't know I, what I'm I don't talking know. about. I, no, I don't. Uh, I know Sirius like the XM radio station. And if they're listening <laughs> to us, hey, Sirius, you could offer us a contract anytime you want. We are but... seriously excited. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised because it's part of the Constellation Canis Major, the greater dog. So I think that's pretty interesting. Also, Sirius rises and sets with the sun on July 23rd. Specifically, it's in conjunction with the sun. And because the star is so bright, the ancient Romans believed it actually gave off heat and added to the sun's warmth. I mean, that kind of makes sense. I feel like there's extra fiery hotness going on this time of year, don't you think? Listen, I'm sorry. I got I got really distracted. Your science is showing again. Like all, <laughs> all your science is just pouring out on the table right now. And I, I can't I can't see anything else. Well, friends, it's also a little bit of the farmer's almanac. So feel free to check that out because those farmers, they knew what they were doing. They had to get those crops to um, come to fruition. And this is the time where we're kind of just like we would be if we were farming. We're sowing right now. We're sowing all of those great benefits that we want to reap come fall time. So while it is hard and it's definitely hot, this work will pay off as fall starts to take place and things start to cool down. And according to the dog days of summer, we're starting to round up. Maybe you'll start to feel a slight nice chill. (laughs) Um, Maybe it won't feel quite as sweltering. Maybe that's a better way of describing it. You are positively just killing this entire section of the dog days of summer. Thank you. And yes, I am going to pun all the way through. Because, yeah. <laughs> but I have to laugh when I think of dog days of summer, I always just assumed it was because it was hot and like a dog panting. Yeah. Um, but I will say I picked the worst time to actually get a dog to start running with during summer heat. But I am really excited because I've definitely learned a lot as I've started running with my own dog. And I'm excited to kind of share those little tips and tricks, even though I feel like the dog breed that I picked is not exactly in the top of the top of dog breeds to pick. So we are going to get right into that. We're going to share if you guys are kind of thinking, you know, I'd like a little fur running friend. What dog should I get? Now, uh, Coach Shelby said that in her household, this has been hotly debated and they're calling foul on the list. I don't know. I've run with folks that own dog number one and I feel like those dogs were incredible athletes actually in their own right. But let's start at the very bottom of the list, Coach. Where would you like to start with? Are we going to, which, well, hmm. I I would like to point out the reason it was so hotly debated is my mom actually did show dogs for years. So I feel like she has very distinct views on certain dogs. There are certain dogs Mm -hmm. she will not own just purely because of what she witnessed. Um, Wasn't one of those going to be a husky? <laughs> no, well, no, 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 no. We had a husky. Okay. We should have learned our lesson. We did not. <laughs> and now we have a husky. But my poor husky is 14th on the list. Well, let's let's bring up, let's at least catch people up to, we'll do the top 10 and we'll debate the top 10. And of course, we'll give time for your, for your special puppy that has um, added a lot of light to your day, a little kind of Luna homage with uh, st- the skies. But so number 20 is the American Stad- 
Staffordshire Terrier, it's a bigger dog as well. So it's stocky, it's squat. It definitely looks like it's got lots of energy. Number 19, Australian Cattle Dog. Number 18, of course, my all-time favorite Labrador Retriever. But I can see why they would make number 18, to be honest, because although it was very athletic and high energy for about his toddler years, he was also very happy being a couch dog in his older years. And they shed so much that I really do think it makes it super hard to maintain them. Number 17 being a boxer, number 16, a Brittany Spaniel, which I'm kind of surprised because it looks a little foo-foo-y. Even though I know it's a hunting dog, it still looks foo-foo-y to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I went to school with a girl named Brittany Spaniel. <laughs> I'm not joking. I really think I did. <laughs> Her parents had the best sense of humor ever. ever. Number or 15 really is... Cruel. <laughs> yes. German short-haired pointer. I can see that too. I mean, these look like athletic dogs, but now we finally make it to your love, your Luna. Number 14 on this top 20 list is a Siberian Husky. So tell me more about why you feel like Luna is the best running dog and maybe in retrospect, what might not be the best aspect of Luna's energy for a running. Okay. Well, I'm going to make a very important distinction. Luna mm -hmm. is not the best running dog. I think that... Huskies are the best running dog. Luna just decides when she's done and just like lays in the middle of the sidewalk. Just well, lays she's, there. She's also meant to be in like, I don't know, Alaska. And you brought her to Florida. So it she was born like here. <laughs> I didn't do it on she purpose. Doesn't, she doesn't know. She just knows that her breed isn't meant to be in this kind of heat. And we have had the hottest summer. So I'm going to, Luna, I got your back. I'm not going to let your mama talk about you like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, they are great running dogs. They are used to pulling a sled. Yeah. I mean, not by themselves, obviously. I get that. Yeah, no, seriously, they have but yeah, tons of energy. They're yeah. long distance dogs. They, mm -hmm. I mean, as long as you're not going noon in the middle of the day, it's okay. They're fine. There's, we're going to go through the precautions. Don't you worry. But I just think, I think 14 is a little unfair. Oh, I'm okay. About okay. I think, I think everybody who loves their dog is going to have like some issue with this list because I mean, I, I again, loved, loved, loved my lab, but kind of agree actually where he like was placed at, but I'm shocked. My Chihuahua didn't make it and Chihu my Chihuahua was the best runner ever. Literally. I, I felt say. like he like was such a phenomenal runner, but okay, fine. It didn't make it. So number 13, English setter, number 12, a Belgian shepherd. And are Belgian Shepherds um, like a police dog as well? I feel like they may be, or is that like- That's a German Malmo? Shepherd. No, 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 there's there's a different breed that's become more popular than the German Shepherd for police work because it's smaller and more agile. And I don't remember what the name of it is, but we'll Google that next. It's not a running dog, so it doesn't matter. It's 11 Poodle. Are you surprised that Poodle made yeah, it I don't. I don't get Poodles at all. I've never seen somebody run with a Poodle. Well, I'm curious who you, what dog you ended up getting on your quiz. I um, will share what breed I got later on, but yeah. I, I feel I think, like you got a lab. I feel like I should be a lab. Well, or, we took a personality test and I was a lion in a lab. Like talk about two polar opposites. I don't remember what, I think it was a lion and an otter, which makes perfect sense to me because otters are playful and they love their friends. And yeah, I guess- my husband. <laughs> 
No, really, he's terrified of otters. It's great. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that. Okay, so we're hitting up. We're officially in the top 10, which is Jack Russell Terrier. I think anyone who's ever had a Jack Russell Terrier will absolutely say that this dog deserves to be in the top 10. They are boundless with their energy and they're very, very smart. So I feel like they would make a wonderful dog to train to do all of the things, the components that you want for your running dog. Number nine, I'm surprised with, I mean, I, when I look at this dog, he looks fun. He looks sweet, but he doesn't look like somebody that I would want to like put onto a leash and go on for a really long run with. What about you? Uh, I'm really thrilled with this, these ranking systems. I think I just, I, I can't be impartial. Oh, you have to, you have to be impartial. You have to put your Luna love aside for just, <laughs> just a moment. <laughs> or let's pretend she's number one and then all the other were being ranked. Okay, so number nine is an Airedale Terrier. Number eight is a Vizsla, which I love. And I am surprised this dog's not a little bit higher on the list because again, I run with folks that have Vizslas. They are phenomenal breeds. They're super fast, super athletic. And Aren't they really good in heat too? Yeah, I mean, well, I don't know that they're good when they're in heat, but they run really well oh. during the heat. <laughs> Listen, we just got our dog fixed to avoid going into yeah. heat. I know, I know. Um, it's wild. I'm just, yeah. But yes, they are. They, they have a propensity or they were bred, my understanding is to be more in those hot weather temperatures. So I feel like a Vizsla down here in Florida or maybe, God, I don't know, can any dog, can any dog or human currently run in like New Mexico and Arizona where they're getting like 110 plus? I'm sure there are people. Should they be? No, probably not. I feel like you have to have a treadmill if you live there. Arizonians, Arizonians. What, if you're listening, hit me up. I want to know. We, we inquiring minds need to know what's going yeah. on. There. Yeah. And folks, please do share if you feel like this list is completely, it, it, if it's for the dogs, because you just totally don't agree for it. Okay. Number <laughs> seven. Um, I'm going to let you pronounce this one because I have no idea how to pronounce that second name. And it, honestly, if you were to tell me, I would think this is your dog. Like it looks very similar to your breed of dog. Oh, no. I want to hear you say it first. I, I think it's an Alaskan Malamut. Or Malamute? Malamute. I think it's okay. Malamute. Okay. They're fuzzier. They're a little fuzzier. They're, That's the got... technical term. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they have a thick coat and they're bred to carry loads over long distances. It sounds like they're a distant cousin to your puppy. Seriously. I thought you were going to say to me. <laughs> no. I'm like, am I supposed to carry big loads? What are you trying to say about my life? I, I mean, I think that you can definitely handle the weight of the world on your shoulders, but I'm not going to ask you to. Number six, of course, the sweet, sweet Dalmatian that we all grew up with thinking of being the firehouse dog, um, large and lean and again, great for running long distances. And I think we should say that specifically. This list that we will be sharing, it's from outside. It is specifically more so for folks who are looking for longer distance running dogs. So I would say that if you are looking for maybe shorter distances, this might still be the same list, but it may not be. Um, okay, so we've got number five. A German Shepherd. Okay, just, just, I get it. But again, I don't think like my running dog, I go to German Shepherd. I know that they're used really for the police work and all of that. But even though there are a lot of German Shepherds in my area, but most everybody has Goldens. So maybe that's why it's kind of like your, what you see most. 
but honestly, even in my area, I don't see a lot of people running with dogs. Okay. So the ones that I have heard now that are more popular than German Shepherds for police work and bomb work and like um, military service is, I think it's a Malinois or Malinois, or I don't know how to pronounce it, but it looks identical to a German Shepherd, but smaller, more agile and a little less fur. Like, I don't think it's got such a thick fur coat. So I don't, I'm shocked that did not make the list. Because to me, when I look at the comparisons between the German Shepherd's characteristics and the Malinois, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. How do you spell it? M-A-L-I-N-O-I-S. And I definitely am really scared about this specific episode because I do feel like people are going to come at me. (laughs) A a Malinois? Is that it? Is that it? I'm wondering if the S is silent. Uh, it could be. I don't know. It's it's a Belgian, like German Shepherd, basically, is the best way I could describe it. And honestly, when I look at it, it looks like they're besties as well. But yeah, it didn't Malinois. make the list. Okay. Malinois. And Thank it, you, um, Google. Yeah, I know. Love Google. Should have done that before I started talking about this specific list. But yeah, I would think that that would have made the list over the number five dog. And I guess, too, that I, when I think of the running dog breeds, I do think of it from a climate perspective. So in Florida, would a German Shepherd really do its best here? Or And again, I know we have folks listening to us in the Northeast and all over the world. I don't um, think curious. any of them do that well. In, in, in all honesty, yeah, I think yeah. Florida, we're just the, we're the oddballs. Except for my Chihuahua. I mean, that little guy could run miles and miles. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh, though. I seriously went through the entire list. I'm like, there's got to be a Chihuahua on here. Christine yeah, has to have her Chihuahua. They're sleeping on the Chi, or at least here in Florida, for sure. Plus, they're also little hunting dogs. I don't think people know that, but they were bred to hunt rats in caves. So, I mean, they, they're fierce. They're fierce. I mean, taking down a rat, that's no joke. I mean, rats are usually bigger than they are. At least in New York, they are. Listen, they need to handle you. You need to handle their PR. They take rats in the caves. We should all, all of us runners should have them. (laughs) At least in Florida, because I will say that when it became like, I don't know, 65 degrees here, Buggy was not able to handle that kind of cold. So (laughs) maybe they're not going to make it anywhere else. But in Florida, it was a great dog. Number four, I love this dog. I think it's a beautiful dog. I also think that I always think like that's just so much fur, like you're cleaning up hair all the time. Number four, Australian Shepherd. Now, I would think this would be a tough dog to actually run with or train because they are their propensity or their trait is to actually herd and shepherd you. So does that mean it's constantly pushing against you as you're running with it? Well, okay, I've not had an Australian Shepherd, but I did have a Corgi who... Mm -hmm was is a herder by nature and he would nip at your heels so so it's the best training dog ever like oh my gosh like i need need one of these for my tempo runs your cadence would be on fire (laughs) but yeah i don't i don't really see a herding dog i mean yes they run but i would wonder the same thing i have questions this whole list i have questions but I, uh, but it's as funny as it is, I feel like the next one, the list two, has a lot of freaking hair to be on one of the top running dogs. And it's a border collie, which funny enough, my dog, which is a Karelian bear dog, looks like a border collie, but less okay. hairy. 
Okay, so uh, maybe what they're basically saying is that the individuals that decide to have these dog breeds are only going to have time to run and take care of their dogs for basically is what I'm hearing. Like they're going to be constantly bathing and having to brush out their dog's hair because I, I like when I see this border collie, adorable, right? But like I would think that its undercarriage is going to get full of like little, I don't know, it's going to attract a lot of stuff. This is- Why do I feel like this is the equivalent of laundry to you? Like you won't get this dog because it's the equivalent of having a lot of laundry. Look, there can only be one high maintenance um, female in house and it's not going to be my dog. That's for sure. Both of my dogs were super chill. So I actually do think, um, again, mine's not on this list, but I have, I've had two. Uh, we currently have one, a Carillion bear dog. Y'all have to Google it. And I do think that they would be a really great running dog. I was not able to run with either of mine, but they are used to uh, hunt bears in Yellowstone. And they're originally from Finland. They're less furry than the Border Collie. And they would be really good runners, but they only recently were AKC recognized. So I don't think they've quite hit the mainstream yet, which I'm kind of okay with. Yeah, I think so. Cause I've never heard of that breed until you mentioned it, but it sounds amazing. So maybe that's possibly why it didn't make this list. Cause it's just not as well known. Cause I do think that for the most part, this list does seem to be re- rather well known. I'm surprised no greyhounds are on here. I think because most folks that come to have greyhounds actually do rescue them after they've been at the track. And I feel like they really want to make sure that the dog has whatever it wants to for its latter years in life since they were forced to run so much. But that's something like I have a friend who does greyhound rescue. So I I feel like she would probably do at least two hours worth of conversation on why you shouldn't force your dog to run. Um, But I don't force my kids. Do I get half credit? I get half credit. I I only force my dog to run. I don't force my kid to run. I mean, I think I actually think it's good for most puppies because they too tend to have a lot of energy, especially the dog's breeds on this list and your dog. I mean, it was bred to have higher energy and to go the distance. I mean, you said Luna gets the zoomies. She kind of needs to work that energy out. So it makes sense to me. Which apparently they get the zoomies when they're happy. So my dog apparently Uh is downright ecstatic because she never stops. But as you would say, neither here nor there. Who's going to try to pronounce number two first? I'm going to try it because I think I think I could get it. I think I got it. Weimariner, I think. Is it Weimariner or Weimariner? <laughs> I just messed it up. I think it's Weimariner. Weimariner? No, I don't think so. I think it is what? I don't know. You, it sounds you like Google Owimboet, Owimboet, Owimboet. <laughs> Maybe I will say that I wanted this dog desperately and I had boy at that point, which is my lab. And I was thinking of getting a second dog and I was right about to like sign on the dotted line and bring one of these beautiful puppies home. And my neighbor got one. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to wait to see what happens with my neighbor. This dog tore up that house from literally they had to end up remodeling their entire household. I'm not kidding. It had that much energy. It would get into their trash. It tore down their blinds. It tore up their furniture. And it could be because they are so high energy and this particular household wasn't running with the dog, wasn't really like they'd take it for shorter walks. So it kind of scared me, put me off a little bit where I thought, I don't know. Don't know if I could get to that. 
I have seen these running around before, like with an owner to clarify. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, I've seen that before. I do have to laugh though. I've already made one Harry Potter reference. My dog is named after Harry Potter. And number one, I'm pretty sure was a dragon in Harry Potter. Was it? I think so. I think it was in the Goblet of Fire. Or at least it was very similarly named. But it is number one on the list, a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Okay, it was a Norwegian Ridgeback. And they probably did really... Um, actually, when I look at it, it looks like this would be the dragon version of the dog. Kind of. So These yeah, are they're huge dogs. So I think that they're beautifully sleek big dogs. Actually, if somebody had to describe me, I'm okay with them saying that I'm a beautifully big, sleek dog. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm really like the tries and the traps on this dog. I'm a little jealous. It definitely does not skip arm day. Well, I mean, it was bred to hunt lions in Africa, right? So it's definitely a dog that you want to be able to take down um, some bigger game, if you will. So yeah, they have an efficient stride, a short, low maintenance coat that helps someone running in the heat. I think this is the dog for me. Like I, I when I'm looking at the dogs, it's between this and the Vizsla because again, I'm gonna go for that short, that short, short hair that I don't have to do tons of maintenance on because I don't, I don't want that kind of lifestyle. Well, you, you know <laughs> one thing, they will bring you gifts because apparently they are high prey dogs. So that means you're going to get all of the random neighborhood animals because they're going to give you presents. I have uh, experienced that wonderful thing from animals in the past. Yes, that's very, very sweet and ended up having a little bit of like a... Um, squirrel graveyard in my backyard when I when I had my dog so I mean it was meant to retrieve so yes I get it but oh boy <laughs> anyway so these so are you're the thinking top... of it these are apparently <laughs> the top ones quote unquote Ooh. I say apparently coach, coach is a little salty here on this one I <laughs> mean I'm just saying I don't know what's worse this that list because I again I would I would say that all of those dogs have a place, but let's let's rearrange them a little bit. I can't decide if I'm saltier between that list or what I got as my dog. Like on the, the quiz, because I am not happy with mine. Uh, oh my goodness, now I really want to know. And now I'm afraid that we potentially <laughs> have another one of these quizzes that's going to give us the exact same results. And if that's the case, folks, um, yeah, that's just part of doing kind of like a little bit of a live presentation where we want to keep an element of surprise to, <laughs> to each other's presentation. If it's one of those quizzes again, you can please send all of our hate mail to not us at nottimeforbrunch.com. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, well, if you have decided you're going to get a dog and maybe whether or not it's on this list or you've decided that you are going to maybe take up running with your dog on the list. The next thing that we're going to talk about is some really good safe practices. Now that the dog days of summer is supposedly behind us or coming to an end, there are some wonderful opportunities for you to get out and express that wonderful appreciation for those cooler temperatures that are right around the corner. And doing it with your puppy is the best way of doing it. So coach, what are some of the things that you decided that were really working for you to help get Luna out there or that you really feel like people should know when they're getting going with running with their dogs? 
So this is number one on my list. Whether you are running with your dog, but even if you're just taking them for walks or getting about about the house, make sure you do check with your vet, especially if you are having a puppy. If you got a rescue, more than likely they're all up to date on their shots and have everything that they need to protect them. But especially for puppies, people get very eager to take them out, to take them on walks and to start living that dog lifestyle. Mm-hmm. However, Puppies, just like newborn babies, are highly susceptible to different um, diseases, different conditions. So make sure that you are taking them to the vet, getting them all of their vaccinations, all of their dewormings, all of their everything. And you start slow. That was the biggest thing with us is we made sure that Luna had all of her shots and everything before we started taking her on walks, being mindful that we didn't let her around other dogs for the beginning part. Um, Because again, getting outdoors is great, but just like for humans, you want to make sure like we put on our sunscreen, we make sure that we have all of our gear taken care of. You want to make sure your dog, first and foremost, is taken care of on the inside before we start exercising them on the outside. I love that. That's exactly what I did with both the dogs. I went in with my vet and and talked about, hey, this is what I'd like to do. At that point, both Boy and Boogie were very used to being outdoors with me for long walks. But before I started actually taking them into running, I wanted to find out make sure they didn't have any pre-existing issues and all of those things. So I do love that. Um, And yes, I didn't even think about the fact that if you get a puppy, you have to be very mindful. I didn't really start running with my dogs until they were probably both, I think, at least a year old. They had gone on walks with me, but not necessarily running. And that's another good tip that I got from, because we had to take Luna actually to an orthopedic vet um, just to make sure her hips were good and everything. You want to make sure you don't start running with them too young. A little bit here, a little bit there are fine, but don't start thinking that your dog's going to go run six miles with you before they're a year old because they go through a majority of their growth in that first year. And while the exercise is great, It's just like when you're a new runner, you need to build up to it. You need to make sure that everything gets time to adjust. And especially for dogs, because that skeletal growth happens in that first year, you want to be extremely mindful. Uh, Like, again, you would with a kid. You wouldn't take a five-year-old to run a marathon. Same goes for a puppy. Probably is not going to be the most ideal because you don't want to burn them out too fast, literally or figuratively. Well, next on the list is something that I actually employed with Boy, my Labrador, more than I did with Buggy, but getting out for the trails because it was a little bit easier for him. It was a little bit cooler. There's usually some shade and it's actually like noticeably cooler on those trails. And again, not having to worry quite as much about his poor little sweet little paws, considering that the concrete or the asphalt can get so incredibly hot. So again, and because of the type of breed with the Labrador Retriever, they tend to have hip joint issues later on in life. So I wanted to make sure to try to keep them as healthy and having um, less of that opportunity for like hip dysplasia. So considering taking them out for those trails, plus it's just good for you, friends. Like seriously, it's just great for you to have a little bit of an opportunity to one, be a bit safer because you're running hopefully with your dog that is well-trained and also it's great for your joints as well and gets you out into some pretty nature with your puppy. And that's a great 
part to especially not just in summer, but all year round, keeping in mind that if you are going on the asphalt, those sidewalks, that concrete, it gets very hot very quickly. So making sure that you're not taking your pup, not only from a heat factor of the temperatures rising, but also making sure that you're not going out in the middle of the day when that surface is super hot. Their paws are just like our hands. While they might be a little bit sturdier and a little bit rougher, they can burn just as fast. And even though they make all these fancy shoes and everything, it's not worth it. Take Mm -hmm. advantage of those early mornings or those little bit later in the evenings. Not only are you going to have a running buddy with you, so it's a little bit safer, but you both will be a lot happier and be able to go longer as you build your stamina. Yeah, and something that comes along with this trail is pretty much outdoors, but I would say even more so with those trails, especially for folks in the Northeast where they may have ticks that come along with having all sorts of really fun things like Lyme disease, is don't forget to utilize that flea and tick protection on your puppy. I mean, again, that's good practice no matter whether or not you're going to have a a running dog or not, but more so if you're going to take them out into those trails and they're closer to where those ticks may decide to, you know, just kind of ride on home with you guys. Um, I would also advise that if you're going to get outdoors very frequently, that maybe you have at least once a week. I would actually do it after every trail run with boys where I'd do a quick check down in between his paws, any of those hot spots the ticks would like to like um, maybe ride home with and just make sure that he didn't bring home any little little parasites with him. Any little friends? Any little friends. <laughs> You know that this one is probably my second most important one on the list. You know where I'm going with this. Don't skip the warm-up, people. (laughs) Listen, I know I am a preacher. I get on my little soapbox and I get super tall and I project that we all need to warm up. But especially for your pups, if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for the dogs. I took Luna out recently and she ran her very first mile. I was very excited. We did a 30-30 run walk and we had a super healthy warm up. Now, two reasons for this. One, yes, it gets them time to warm up, gets your body time to warm up, helps the muscles, helps all the tendons, the ligaments, everything just be ready to go. But also from a stamina point of reference, When you do that big warm up, they're not going to get as fatigued, which means you guys can go for longer with less impact. We walked probably a mile and a half before we ran because after that mile, she was done. I was done too, but that's beside the fact this is about Luna, but she was tired. You're not going to get as much bang for your buck going and just running right out of the gate milk that time, get them used to going longer distances without low impact. And it's a great reminder for us as well that you don't need to just do that five minute warm up. You can take longer, go out for an extended period of time and then do the running portion. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Yeah, well, I'm I'm going to say that, as you know, I wasn't the best with warming up. So I can't say that I did a lot of the great warm ups, but that's for something that I do feel like when I think of natural athletes, I do tend to think that dogs are natural athletes and that they won't let you just go run all out. They don't tend to have a propensity to start off a little bit slower, kind of want to sniff and um, get to know their, their surroundings a bit more. So yes, great point. 
and a wonderful reminder for all the folks that maybe are considering skipping their warmups, especially. But I do want to say that one of the things that I found, and this probably drives me, I, I don't think I have a lot of things that annoy me, but this is probably the one thing that does annoy me. I so don't love when I see pet owners allowing their dogs to just pull them. And yeah. I can't say how much, like, please, if that just likely means that you guys need to both go back and get back to the basics before you go out with them. It's just so, it's not healthy for your dog and it's not healthy for you. And I know a lot of folks tend to think, oh, but my dog wants to do this and it's excited and I get that, but also just not a good idea. It's not wonderful if maybe something approaches you and your dog. And honestly, your dog really wants to feel more secure and feel more secure by your side. And how many of us, and I'm, I'm expecting everybody to raise their hand, how many of us have been on a run or a walk or mm -hmm. outside in any capacity, and all of a sudden this random dog starts like lunging at you and trying to get at you and trying to jump? Like, hello, both of my hands are up. It is my biggest pet peeve. And I promised myself when I started taking Luna out that I would not be that dog owner. And I always make sure I pull her to the side. I have, we have sit down, hardcore. Sit is the one command this dog can do without fail. Keep them on that shorter leash, but that's a, on, I know we'll talk about more gear and everything, but this is also why I'm not a huge fan of retractable leashes. They can get away yeah. with you really, really fast. You need to have a fixed leash. Honestly, retractable leash, like the only only way that I could see it having really any kind of use is if you're just utilizing it for maybe you need to let the dog out into your backyard that's fenced or that you need to let your back in your backyard, just let's say it's a rainy day and you want to let them kind of roam around and use, uh, do their business kind of a thing. But I would never suggest using those retractable leashes on a walk or a run. And I actually, I mean, talk about a great way of getting tangled up and potentially getting hurt if you trip over that, that long retractable leash that's out there. So definitely keeping them close by your side, which gets back to what you said, coach, it's teaching them those basics, getting back to those basics and maybe not putting, I would say putting it off a little bit until your puppy and your dog, I call all dogs puppies, even if they're- All dogs are puppies. Yeah, Don't let exactly. anybody tell you anything else. <laughs> so putting off, getting out for a run with them until they do have some of those basics. If they can't come to their, if they don't know their name, if they don't know how to sit, if they don't know how to really kind of adhere to what you're saying, you're going to want all those things because more than likely you're going to encounter a situation where you really need that dog to understand what it is that you're actually asking to do for their safety and for yours. And- for the love that all is holy, bring poop bags with you. I am so <laughs> tired of my running shoes becoming casualties to dog poop. Everybody is so good about that around here, but I will tell you, George Lopez has a wonderful, um, I mean, it, it's the most hilarious stand-up comedy routine about that. And it always makes me giggle when I hear about that. I don't know why, but it was, it was really, really funny. Um, but yes, it is. It's, it's very polite to those around you. Also, I love when I see people posting signs about not letting your dog kind of, and being mindful of your friends or of your neighbor's yards as well. So of course, not everybody wants you to let your dog utilize their front yard. So <laughs> taking that into account. Are we barking up the wrong tree here? <laughs> I think so. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a couple of neighbors that might get a little ornery about that. So. Oh, Polly's. Now I am curious, how do you deal? Like, do you have a lot of dog poop stations? Cause we do yes. here. We okay. have quite a few. 
Um, even though, full disclosure, my dog will not go to the bathroom on walks or runs. She will wait until we get home. She is totally my dog. Oh my gosh. How did you do that? You... I have, I think my idiosyncrasies just metamorphosed They do, they do pick up her. on that. Yes, they do pick up on that. I am not surprised. That... She will not go to the bathroom at all. Not pee, not a poop sandwich, nothing. Oh I even I even gosh. have like all the little cute little poop bags and the holders and I'm You're got like my sanitizer. Only human who's sad that she doesn't get to use her poop do- like her poop bags. I'm not kidding. She you. knows she it must be because I won't use porta potties. She won't use outside grass. We are civilized <sighs> humans, apparently. I will say, like, I feel like dogs are so much smarter than than we are and so much more perceptive. So it's wild that she picked up on those little idiosyncrasies that you have. Cause I feel like my dogs picked up on my little idiosyncrasies as well. Um, yeah, they love strangers. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not at all surprised by that. So I do know, like I had seen, it was in that geo show where I guess dogs that like circle before they use the bathroom and they have a tendency to face a very specific way when they actually use the bathroom. So maybe there's a little bit of that with Luna because it is a comfort level of making sure that there's no predators because they're in such a vulnerable situation when they use the bathroom. Is that your issue too? Are you worried about? (laughs) I mean, listen, in this day and age, that's not exactly a a wrong straight of thinking. Um, Yeah, I have no idea. My dog is just strange. I like how you try to give her the credit of being like, well thought out. And uh, no, my dog is not like that. I think my dog is just I, an odd bird. No, I really do think there is something to it. They're, they're they're biologically hardwired in a lot of different ways. Now, me personally with boy, oh my gosh, I felt like he would only poop in front of people. Like I'm like really, really here <laughs> and now. Like why, why now do we have to do this? But um, yeah. So as we move this conversation along, oh, that's I a bad will pun. say. I will say that um, probably the most important thing that we need to talk about when you're running with your dog is to be mindful. Please don't get so lost in the conversation or get so lost if you're running with a friend as well as your puppy or your music or maybe this podcast that you're not paying attention to your dog because it is super, super important that you make sure that they're doing okay. Even if they've run with you in the past, they also have ebbs and flows in their energy levels. They also have ebbs and flows as to how they're feeling. So you want to make sure they're not overexerting themselves, that they're not overly panting, remembering that they can't cool themselves off the way that we can. Super, super important to just be mindful of all of those different components and kind of slow it down a little bit if you need to, or maybe even come to a stop. I've had to do that a lot with Luna, especially because she is a husky and her coat. Um, it's one thing all of the vets have forewarned me about, and I'm super mindful of, is the fact that she can get overheated very, very quickly. And they mm-hmm. do give you signs. Like when she plops down in the middle of the sidewalk, she's done. Like yeah. she's not going to go anymore. It's time to go home. Um, the heavy panting, of the lethargia, weakness, excess of drooling, all of those are telltale signs. And it's not like us as humans to where we try to put on that shiny armor and say like no pain, no gain. No. Dogs can't yeah. tell us that they're over it. They're going to show you they're over it. So always have that contingency plan. Either somebody to come pick up the dog, pick you up, maybe cut your run in half, whatever it is. You got to kind of put their needs before what mileage your your training schedule is. And as coaches, I'm pretty sure we both are fully on that. Um, and bring water. 
because just might just yeah. because you might not need the water that poor puppy again all dogs are puppies fight me on it i mm-hmm. swear all dogs <laughs> are puppies but yeah bring some water well let's get right into that coach because i feel like from when i had my puppies my dogs back in the day um towards like the end of life of boogie they started to come out with some really cool like gear for dogs but boy, that was such a long time ago that it didn't necessarily have as much cool gear, but there is some amazing gear nowadays. So hit me with your best shot because it sounds like you've got all of the gadgets and gadgets and gizmos. It sounds like Little Mermaid is potentially like going to have a um, a sequel and she's going to have all about the things that you can get, all the gadgets you can have for your dog. I feel like you have them all. I, I have a fair amount. Um, I will say, since we had just talked about the water, the biggest thing is they make water bottles now, specifically for mm-hmm. dogs, to where it has like a bottle portion and you can tip it so there's a spout so the dog can just drink right out of that. It's a lot easier than bringing one of those collapsible bowls to where they're sitting there, you're trying to pour water in, you're trying to get them to drink out of it. Um, One of the ones that is most recommended is the mouse-free dog water bottle. And you can get it on Amazon, you can get it at Walmart, and it just has everything in one compact little area. You can do the bowls if you're so inclined, but I like having everything in a one-stop shop. Okay, so fancy water bottle that can make sure (laughs) that they have their water. So I feel like instead of worrying about a camelback for ourselves, we have to more worry about like making sure that they have water. And it's actually really, really true. It is really important because we can probably find alternate water sources while we're out for ourselves in terms of jumping into a convenience store or uh, water. Well, like, do you you have water fountains in your neighborhood where they have like a little doggy version? Because we have those as well. No, it's a very dog friendly neighborhood. If you can't tell, apparently, and you don't have a dog. Um, Yeah, no, we have like one, I think one, maybe that I can think of. Again, you're asking the wrong person. I feel like I just block out all of that communal stuff. Well, I was, was going to say your dog would it. They use it anyway. <laughs> no, there's actually there is a house that has a dog bowl. And if they let all the dogs drink out of it, I just can't do that. To me, that's just, that's highly questionable. Like, I appreciate the effort, but no. So. Okay. Yeah, no, just get the damn water bottle. (laughs) Okay, got it. So, I feel like, yes. Now, you mentioned. I hit a nerve. (laughs) Yeah, which I should have known. I feel like I, I should have known that I opened that up. Now, you mentioned that you don't really need the doggy shoes. And I agree. I never use little doggy shoes ever. Um, Because honestly, I don't think that most dogs feel really comfortable in them. But you did include little puppy shoes as a, for folks that maybe where their dogs are a bit used to it. Are you thinking this is something that would be really good for your puppy potentially for like those areas that you can't avoid the hot asphalt? Yeah, I would say specifically, I would probably use these more for dogs that do have to be walked during the middle of the day. I am lucky enough to where our backyard is fenced in. So Mm -hmm. I don't have to worry about this. But if you have a dog that is super sensitive, they do make these, they, they almost look like little doggy sandals. I don't yeah. even know. You guys are going to have to look them up. 
There's a bunch of them on Amazon. Um, and I know that we are talking about dog days of summer, but also remembering this where you guys have coldness and snow. There are little doggy booties. Maybe we'll have to do a non-dog days of summer winter edition. I don't know. Working yeah. title. Dog days of winter, I would assume. But do you know they have Crocs for dogs? Oh my God, do they really? Yes. I've never owned Crocs for the record. <laughs> Me neither. I don't like Crocs either. Well, I don't know that you don't like them. I don't like them. I don't like and them. I don't Sorry. Think I don't think they're the most attractive. And it always cracks me up because they're so popular with the younger kids now. And they have like so many different little ways of customizing them. But yeah, they have little doggy Crocs. Um, and if there was ever a time that maybe Crocs would be appropriate, I feel like for your... No, this poor dog looks ridiculous. Um, they, just don't, <laughs> they don't look good on anyone. <laughs> the only reason I've ever wanted Crocs is because the charms that you can put on the Crocs... But then I put yeah, them down I and I see, walked I could see you getting down with that for sure. I could totally see you getting down with that. I'm always, oh, I'm always down for an accessory. Let's be honest. <laughs> so what else do you feel like you need to have for Luna? Okay. This is not going to be a need. But I saw it on this list and I had to laugh that there's doggy raincoats. Okay. I don't understand it. I need... Again, I'm throwing this out to the listeners. If anybody uses a doggy raincoat, I'm genuinely curious as to why. Like, is it the, because I mean, dogs have idiosyncrasies, probably not as many as I do, but still, why the raincoat? It's on the list as a need item, and I don't, I don't understand. I have questions. And I need answers. And Christine's Googling it. I can see it in your eyes. Yeah, it's it's too weird. Um, and I have to see what this thing looks like. But I do know that I've heard of other folks that actually have a dog that will not go outdoors if it's raining. So maybe that's why. And I think here in Florida, that would be kind of tough because of it. But let's talk about like, um, let's take it back to the basics. Collar or... Um, leashes and what's that harness and harnesses what kind of harness do you use for your pups so yeah i do love the harnesses um there are a bunch out there it's kind of like hydration vests there's gonna be mm -hmm. 15 different varieties it's just depending on what you like i like the ones that are very light because my dog does have a thick coat i don't want to add any extra bulk to her um so mine has the air holes around it. It's truthfully an off-brand. I got it from one of the discount retailers, but it doesn't have a bunch of straps because I was also very mindful of where it would hit her. Um, but the harness does have the clips at the top. So it also gives me a really good control over her. There are some trainers that don't like harnesses. They prefer the regular collars. To me, I kind of err more on what's most comfortable, and I've found that the harness gives the most secure. I have made sure that her tag is on there, so that way if, heaven forbid, she does get loose, she has that on her and is able to hopefully make it back home. Well, I'm a big fan of the Knox Gear Light Hound for a myriad of reasons. Not only is it reflective, but it does have that extra light component. It's also a great harness. I would say it's a little bit of a lighter harness as well, um, though they uh, they talk about, um, they kind of toot their own horn a little bit in saying that it's still even possible to utilize their harness for even a dog that 
pulls of 300 pounds of force. But going back to what we talked about originally for dogs pulling with 300 pounds of force, likely I don't think that you could even hold on to this dog and maybe you should maybe consider basic <laughs> commands again, <laughs> but just saying. Um, but I do think that although we're in the dog days of summer, bringing them to a close, as much as folks maybe don't want to hear it, right around the corner, we are going to have fall and winter and it's going to be a little darker earlier on. So making sure that your doggy is also visible when you get out there is really, really, really important. Again, your dog should hopefully be running by your side or very close to you. But even if it's not, having that extra light is helpful for you and your pup. And it is a great thing again we always talk about like an our safety episode we talked a lot about lights and reflective gear the same goes for your dog and i'm not saying this just because i am a dog lover extraordinaire but you also have to be mindful that accidents can happen the leash can come off of your hand even though again you should have a very sturdy grip if not already wrapped around your wrist to have that extra hold but let's say you lose the leash your dog takes off that society set a PR in, I don't know, the doggy marathon, if that's a thing. Having that reflective, having that light could mean the difference of somebody seeing your poor pup and unfortunately not seeing the poor pup. So while we always focus on our own safety, if you're going to have that running companion with you, that best paw friend, please, please, please set them up for success just like you would yourself to be seen. Yes, absolutely. So with that said, as much as I love, love, love talking about all the cool new gadgets, I'm also curious because you said it. Um, do you know that dogs, there are quite a few Guinness World Records about dogs? Really? Yes. So longest ears on a dog ever. Do you want to guess how long this dog's ears were? Do the ears hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in a knot? Can you tie them in a bow? You could absolutely you tie these in a bow. I can do yes, at least that absolutely. first verse. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if your puppy would like that, but you could. Well, it was a bloodhound, which I'm sure makes sense. His name was Tigger, and he still holds the world record of 13.7 inches of longest ears. Can you imagine? That's like, so this poor dog's ears drop. They did literally hang low. They drug on the poor little ground. Uh, How'd they not chafe? I <laughs> maybe they were using a really great product, like a little um, paw protector or ear protector. I don't know. Vaseline. <laughs> That's what we use. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they were like, oh, come on, Tigger. Let's Vaseline up your ears. I <laughs> Words that I never thought would be uttered on a podcast ever. Just for the record. Just saying. <laughs> Okay. Oh, I love that. Most consecutive items caught by a dog. Do you want to guess what the items were? And the record holder, and you're going to love oh. this, was Hagrid. Was he really? Was he yes. a Rhodesian Ridgeback? I, let me see. I will let you know. <laughs> um, he was based out of the UK, out of Salford. And I'm sure that, again, that's probably not pronounced correctly since they pronounce things very interestingly over there. Um, I don't see what kind of breed he was, but... So I'm trying to figure out how many times he caught the item. Or no, how many, or the what the item was. Um, it was nine. It was nine of these things that he caught most consecutively on September nine? 6, 2018. Why am I not yeah, impressed? Just nine. I know. I thought it'd be higher too. And I don't know what it means. Like, what does it mean? Catches it? Catches it? Like, 
with his mouth or I mean I'm assuming uh, I don't think he's like taking his paw and being like got this um well they do have that as a record caught by a dog with paws in one minute is something different um I'm gonna say it was a tennis ball it was mini sausages and I'm thinking my dogs could have gotten like 84 of those because what dog would have won (laughs) we have some very questionable facts today they're all true because the internet said so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the last one. I promise this is the last fact just because I love all these little random myths. Tallest dog ever. Do you want to guess what the breed was? I will say this breed was not in the top dogs that we should be running with. A greyhound? And he... No. Really? Mm-mm. Tallest. They're not that tall. They're actually pretty... They're not really tall. They have long legs. Well, I mean, and, I've been said the same thing about, so who knows? I'm just <laughs> they have, and this is when they're on all fours. When they were standing on their hind legs, they would stretch to seven feet, four inches tall. But okay, on their all four legs, 3.7 feet. What type of dog was it? You don't, you don't want to guess? His name was Zeus. I, I mean, I did guess, but apparently that okay. wasn't sufficient. <laughs> one, one more. <laughs> um... Rhodesian Ridgeback, just because I like saying the name. <laughs> okay. Or, well, maybe the Norwegian Ridgeback, if that was a thing, would definitely... But it was a Great Dane. Oh. Yeah. They're big. They're tall. I love Great Danes. The only reason why I would never get a Great Dane. They're not that they're great? Gonna, no, they're so phenomenal. I can't. I can't. I just can't with any animal that's going to break my heart because they're so big dogs. They live such a very long I mean such a short time I can't fall madly in love with a puppy and him not only be in my life for like five six seven years that's just too hard for me so I know this that's wow, way I, to bring it I down mean, I took a turn <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah so with that said what kind of a dog are you like from the quiz that everybody hopefully took and if we end up being the same dog and everybody gets the same result I am going to giggle so because let me tell you, there were tons of quizzes and I chose this one thinking this one looks the most legitimate. I'm sure we'll all get different results. Oh God, I said this is going to be Giselle over again. I got a poodle. <laughs> you got a poodle too? And there's no way that I'm like a poodle. I am, like, it, it says the opening line, it's not your fault. You're gorgeous, smart, and well-disciplined. Okay, feel, first off, I, I am like- not well-disciplined. Oh my goodness. I think everybody's going to get poodle. So I, I'm going to let it stand. I'm, I'm going to provide an alternate quiz as well, but I'm going to let it stand. And I want folks to let us know. If this <laughs> or for quit, all, a I quit quizzes. I quit <laughs> quizzes. And we're all named Giselle, which actually for a poodle, it attracts. <laughs> it's pretty perfect. It absolutely is pretty perfect. Um, Actually, like if we ever, yes, I feel like I hope that somebody gets a poodle and names it Giselle and, you know, lets us know a time for bruncher. Okay. With that said, we have just a few minutes left. Let's talk about the recipe of the week or recipes, should I say. Which one did you pick? Because I know going through these, I giggled because you don't know this, but my mom usually actually used to sell all natural dog treats no i'm not that were human grade okay so like both you could sit down and eat it with your puppers yeah basically. i ate them they were okay. good i mean they were blander in flavor because there's like no sugar or anything um but yeah she used to do this we used to sit at our green markets and okay well and sell them 
my personal favorite only because we are still celebrating the dog days of summer is the peanut butter cup frozen treats. Cause I think, um, I don't know about your puppy, but both of my dogs love peanut butter and it is so hot. This sounds like the perfect way for a little bit of a treat after that long run with your puppy. Ooh, see, I almost picked that one, but then I came across this recipe and I had to do it. It's a doggy I, donut. I swear the minute I saw this, I, I, yeah, that's so you. I'm going that's, to team sweet this week. I don't care because it's just like, I have to make her a doggy donut with her little puppuccino from Starbucks. Oh my gosh. Seriously. Luna's living the best life ever. She's right. yeah, seriously. Oh, so cute. What are the ingredients in this little doggy donut? Um, deliciousness. No, it's just flour, yeah. oats, coconut oil, peanut butter, and eggs. Okay. So that actually sounds like the way that I like to cook for myself for the record. Keep it simple. <laughs> less than five ingredients and I'm good to go. Should I add this to the bougie meals on a budget workshop? Should we make at, this? At least it's for me. Yes. This is definitely because when I look at most baking like re recipes, I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That's just way too complicated. If it's got more than 10 ingredients, I'm out like seriously. So this, this is perfect. So maybe, maybe I really am more like a dog than I thought I was. And I already kind of thought I was with that said, friends, we hope that you give yourself a big, great round of a pause for a great work as you got in your run or whatever you chose to do for this time being with us. We hope that you love on your fur baby, maybe share a photo or two or 300 of your fur friend with us on social media hashtag tf brunch while you're recovering and resetting and while your puppy's having their little doggy post run treat we'd appreciate it if you would pop on in and give us a spotify or apple review or share the podcast with others using our hashtag tf brunch don't forget to check out our quick bites during this month we've got a special series going on so we are super excited to be sharing it with you. Don't forget that this entire month is our anniversary month. We're celebrating one whole year old. And of course, we have that link in our episode notes. If you'd like to learn how to become a Time for Brunch Plus supporter with four different levels, all of them having some, some pretty fun perks. So we appreciate if you give that a check as well. And then come back. We've got an amazing show for you next weekend. So with that said, regardless of when or where we're going to keep serving up more miles with a side of furry and positively awesome smiles. <laughs> <laughs>